You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. Everybody give it up for Rob DeSalle, man, everybody. Yeah. Also, speaking of Easter miracles, Robbie on the piano? Yeah, all right. We've waited many years for this moment. Um, happy Easter to you. I uh, have been in the habit over the last year and a half, as many of you have heard from my preaching, of casting out demons. And uh, one of the interesting things along the way is... Uh, I was working with somebody who had this dream one night in the middle of deliverance stuff, and I had this dream that uh, just felt really surreal to them, and they kind of felt like God was giving it to them. They just had this image of all this stuff that was kind of going on internally, and um, uh, they woke up, and they kind of wrote it down, and they shared it with me. I was like, that's intriguing. Let's work that out a little bit more. So I did a practice with them that I do with a lot of people that I've done with many of you, is you close your eyes and you imagine Jesus. And I I just kind of said, Jesus, would you bring this dream back to mind? Would you show us in this kind of visionary space that we're creating what exactly it is? If this was you wanting to communicate this, what it is you want to show? And instantly they found themselves back in that same space that they were in the dream. And I began to ask Jesus questions. What are we looking at? What are we seeing? Why is this important? And he gave enough answers that we really were able to concretely say, okay, this is like a, this is a heads up from God. Um, you've been dealing with all this difficulty and God wants to speak into your pain so that you remember to ground yourself in him and his themes and in the things that he's trying to say to you. Not in the things that all the demons are saying, but in the things that God wants to say to you instead. So I said, let's remember this dream and let's keep coming back to it. And so every once in a while, I'd shoot a text or I'd bring it up in another meeting, like remember what Jesus said about this. And it was very interesting. They did not. So what? They remembered like a few pieces. Oh, what, what was that? What? There, was a, there was a dream I had or what? I could like pull up the text and be like, here, we talked about it right here. Remember? I have no recollection of that. <laughs> And so I would remind them again of the dream and I'd have them close their eyes and Jesus would meet us in that space and explain what he wanted to explain in a vision all over again. And then we'd come back a few days later, be like, you remember this? And I'd be like, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. So what, <laughs> what do you mean? So I ended up, you've seen the movie 50 First Dates? You know, the girl with the amnesia that Adam Sandler's trying to like kind of win over, uh, but has to keep trying in different ways. I literally experienced that in real life. There were times where I'd like explain, look, here's what Jesus said in a dream, and it would go horribly wrong. It'd be like, I can't believe, what's happening? Like, I, I explained it badly, and they would freak out. I'm like, wait, hang on, this, this didn't happen last time. And then um, uh, when they would go to bed at night, they would forget. And so the next day, I'd try again. Okay, here's the thing that happened, and I'd word it a little differently. I was trying to find the fast track. How do I say this quickly enough? And I'd say it, and it'd go badly again, or mildly bad. And so, okay, hang on, we'll try again. And they'd fall asleep later that night, forget, and the next day I'd try again. And I eventually got this down to like a, 
a like system because this was a warning from Jesus that they needed to remember to help them stay focused on Jesus. But every time they went to sleep, the demons would delete the memory intentionally so that they wouldn't stay focused on what Jesus had to say. In fact, it got so bad at one point that I had to call every three hours to say, do you remember? What are you talking about? I don't remember anything. <gasps> you know, so I had this system down. I was like, all right, close your eyes, go to Jesus. Okay, here's what you see, right? How do you know I see that? Okay, here's how many things you're seeing right now. I'd list it out in great detail. Like, how do you know I'm seeing that? Okay, I'm going to ask Jesus a question. Jesus, is this a warning from you? And before they'd even answer, I'd be like, you just heard in a booming voice in your head the word yes, right? Yes. Okay, Jesus, what's going to happen if this happens? And Jesus would say a whole sentence before they could say, I was like, Jesus just said these exact words verbatim, right? Just, How do you know that? <laughs> so it just becomes this like over and over thing of like trying to catch them back up to speed in spiritual warfare over and over and over again to focus on Jesus, hone in on Jesus, remember what Jesus said, have this memory with you so that it sticks with you so that your focus is in the right place. And when it comes to Easter, that is what I feel like. A broken record coming before you time and time again. Remember the resurrection. Remember Jesus rose from the dead. Remember where we're headed. Remember why this is important. Remember in Jackson as it is in heaven. Over and over and over again. Jamin, shut up. <laughs> We've heard it a million times. Why do you always talk about it? It's because the resurrection is everything. A lot of people like to ground in Christian, uh, especially evangelical circles, we ground everything about church on the cross. And that's important because the cross is central to everything. But if you have a cross and no resurrection, we're screwed. If you have Jesus dying, and that's the end of the story, we're all in big trouble. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, if we don't have the resurrection, we are all still left in our sins. In fact, we're representing God wrong because we said there's a resurrection when there's not a resurrection. Paul grounded all of his New Testament thinking, all of his understanding of, of where we're headed and why following Jesus is important and why it matters right now. All of his thinking is grounded in resurrection existing. And if you take it away, as we sometimes do, then there's nothing left to the gospel that works. It's not just a way of thinking, it's a way of living, it's where we're headed. And so if I'm a broken record about anything, you're going to hear it time and time again. Church, remember resurrection. Have you forgotten? Do you know why this is important? Because it changes the way that you live right now. Resurrection is the place that we're headed. So first broken record thing to say, let's remember what resurrection is. Resurrection is not just Jesus was revived and came back to life and that was like, going in an ambulance and getting CPR for a second. Resurrection is Jesus went down into Hades, but he had never sinned. And the people who go to Hades have sinned. That's the whole point of, of Satan having power over us, is because we followed him, and as a consequence, we now die and end up in this realm of Hades. But Jesus didn't belong there. Because he didn't fall prey to the curse of sin. He never sinned in his life. And so when he went to Hades, it was like, what am I doing here? I don't belong here. So while I'm here, I'm just going to go up to Satan like, ah, 
the power of death. You were hanging on to those keys, just as perhaps other angels have been distributed something before. These ones were yours. They're not yours anymore, Satan. I'm going to be taking these now. And then Jesus walks out the front door. And on the way out the front door of Hades, his body becomes godlike in the sense that it's immortal, it's superhero-ish. It can vanish into spiritual space and back into physical space. It can eat physical food, but also walk through walls. It can live on earth, and it can also just ascend right into heaven where bodies don't belong. The new body that Jesus put on was everything Paul was hoping for. Because the Pharisees, like, they had hot topics back in the day, and the Pharisees' hot topic was resurrection is real. It's got to be real. We hope it's real. We have all these passages that we see hints of resurrection, and we're really holding out that one day we will all become immortal and live on this earth. That's what the Pharisees held to. Whereas the Sadducees were like, nah, screw that. We're all going to die. <laughs> in fact, there's not even a Hades. You are just science and molecules. And one day, you're just going to go, and it's over. It's been fun. And so the Sadducees and the Pharisees fought between their scientific-minded thing and their supernatural-minded thing. So when Paul, a Pharisee, found out that resurrection was real, you better believe like his mind was blown, and he's like, I've got evidence for my debate. Look, when you love theology and you find evidence for your doctrine, you are ready to go. And that was Paul. And Paul gets so excited. One, at one point, he's in a debate between Sadducees and Pharisees. He's like, hey, guys, don't you know Jesus was resurrected? And the same Pharisees that killed Jesus heard what Paul said, and they were angry at Paul. But all of a sudden, they're like, whoa, hold up. Jesus was resurrected? Oh, well, that really proves our case, doesn't it? <laughs> Maybe it's true then. <laughs> you ever had someone flip-flop from wanting to kill some guy to suddenly being like, wait, he's proof for our doctrine? Tell me more, Paul. That's exactly where the Pharisees went through. And suddenly you have Pharisees joining the church. Paul was one of them. And there were others as well, Acts tells us. And now they're grounding their doctrine in Jesus, seeing that the resurrection is real. And if Jesus put on a new kind of flesh which ancient people thought was made kind of out like a, what they thought the gods were made of. They thought they were made of ether of some sort. It's like this other kind of substance. Now they're thinking Jesus is probably also made out of that substance. And if Jesus is made out of that substance, and that's good news for those who follow Jesus because he has offered us that same substance. Paul talks about how one day we will put on the resurrected, that though our bodies are uh, are perishable right now, and they face corruption. They get hurt. They break. They die. These bodies are just kind of like a shell that will be put into the ground like a seed. And when Jesus comes back, they'll be risen up like a plant and come to a new kind of life in the resurrection. And those bodies that we put on then will be exactly like the body that Jesus has, a mortal spiritual, physical, probably able to vanish between spiritual and physical realm. Why? Because ultimately where we're headed is something called the new heaven and new earth. Whereas a song that people like to complain about, heaven and earth meet like a sloppy wet kiss. Hmm. They become one unit. Heaven and earth are morphed into its own spiritual and physical body. 
And then we take our spiritual, physical bodies and we live on this planet, not up in heaven somewhere, right here. Spiritual, physical bodies living in a spiritual, physical new heaven and new earth. That's where we're headed. And what Christianity often likes to do is truncate it at that. That's where we're headed. That's all that matters. Let the earth burn. God's going to fix it later. But that's not the way the Bible talks about resurrection. Resurrection is something that is already happening, but also not yet happening. It is already happening in the sense that you are already being transformed. That word transformed in Greek, it's metamorphoso. You are being metamorphosed into something different. You are changing. Like a caterpillar that goes into a cocoon, seems to liquefy and come out the other side entirely different. We don't even recognize it as the same thing. Something almost ugly becomes something incredibly beautiful. That's you. The resurrection, yeah, it's this like next age that is to come with new heaven, new earth, new immortal bodies. But you're already at the same time transforming, metamorphosing into that. How can that be? It's because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And the Holy Spirit is a creator. At the beginning of the Bible, he's seen creating throughout scripture. He's referenced as the breath of life that keeps people going. And then the New Testament says that it's the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, then he's the one who will create in you that new resurrection body and raise you from the dead as well. That is the new world to which we are headed. But if it's already happening in you right now, that means that resurrection life of the next age breaks through you right now in this time into the rest of the world. So when you heal someone through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's the resurrection age where there's no more sickness. No more sickness breaks through into this age out of you through the Holy Spirit. And that person experiences a taste of what resurrection is, where there's no sickness. When you cast out a demon, that's the age to come where there are no demons. They're all thrown into the lake of fire that's been prepared for Satan and his angels is what Jesus says. In the age to come, there are no demons. When you cast out a demon, the resurrection breaks through out of you through the power of the Holy Spirit and begins to chase out something that does not belong where we are headed. When somebody needs inner healing, that's something that belongs in the resurrection, where everything is forgiven, where people who are experiencing great emotional pain have God come up and wipe every tear from their eye. In the resurrection, we don't have pain. We don't have sorrow. And that breaks through through you to bring the counseling of the Holy Spirit to someone who needs it to find the fullness of the resurrection that is to come or a taste of it at the very least. When you come across a poor person, there are no poor people in heaven. And the people who were poor in this life are the rich ones in heaven. When you come across a poor person and you serve them, resurrection life breaks through out of you and begins to flip the tables to honor this king and queen in front of you who at our age might be at the bottom of the social ladder, but in the age to come are at the top. They are treated as they should be. That is resurrection life that is to come breaking out of you, taking care of the poor. 
When you get involved in politics and you try to change the way that things are happening uh, that are abusing other people. Throughout history, we've abolished slavery. We started fighting human trafficking. Uh, we've got rid of segregation. All of these kinds of movements, there is no human trafficking in the resurrection. There is no slavery in the resurrection. There is no segregation in the resurrection. All of that breaks through out of you into your local governments to say prophetically, this kind of stuff is wrong, and we're not going to let you persecute the people around us. We need new rules, new standards, new regulations. When you do things like that, the resurrection age that is to come is breaking through out of you to make it in Jackson as it is in heaven, to make it on earth as it is in heaven. And you can just resurrection in heaven, use it as the same word. What is to come breaks through out of you. Your life right now, you have been taught mostly by the church that you're always going to sin, you're never going to get it right, and you're always going to have that one thing that follows you all the way to the end. That's not the way the Bible writers talk. They believe that the same Holy Spirit that one day will make you perfect in the resurrection has already come and lived inside of you. And so things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that is already within your reach because the Holy Spirit is the one who creates that kind of fruit. And if you listen to the Holy Spirit, the Bible writers believe that you could actually get to a place where you overcome sin, where sin is done away with in your life. That is the perfectness, the perfection, <laughs> the perfection of, of living that's in the resurrection, coming and living inside of you and breaking out into this world right now. When you do good works, Jesus says that you shine your light for all to see and glorify God in heaven. Good works exist in the resurrection. Works, I think, exist in the resurrection. I know some people are super excited, just like, I can't wait to retire in heaven and just do nothing with my life. That's not going to be me. I really hope Jesus comes up and like, Jamin, I need you to write a new book. Jamin, I need you to write some music. We're getting together at the bar later or whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you do in the resurrection. But it's the new heaven and new earth. It becomes this same kind of unit where life continues. And I imagine that we'll kind of recognize it. And at the same time, not at the same time, because Jesus talks about it as, as something that doesn't continue like this world has. Yet at the same time, it won't be so different that we, we can't even comprehend it. And so in that new world, where work is redeemed and good and joyful, when I experience the joy of God in the kinds of things that I do, be it writing music or blogging or writing books and things like that, I expect that that will be there too, breaking out of me right now as I do it. Resurrection has to be our focus because that's the heaven that we're trying to pull into people's lives right now. And when our focus is there, the things of this world that we so often get focused on become trivial. Where we start sacrificing so much of the things God wants to do because we got to have our best life right now and live it to the fullest and get famous or have that popular online channel or do all these various things that we just, 
want to do with all of our hobbies and things like that. When we get so focused on the right now, we, we, if, if we don't redeem those moments, we leave heaven out of it. We leave resurrection out of it. But when we sacrifice our money, when we sacrifice our time, when we sacrifice our very energy that keeps us going in order to bring resurrection into this world, guess what you're doing on the other side? You're stacking up treasure is what the Bible says. That, yeah, they're actually in the resurrection is, is something ahead of you based on how you live right now. There's numerous parables that get into that. Store up your treasures, treasures not on earth where moth and rust destroy, but in heaven. All of that sacrifice, yeah, you lose it now, but you gain it later when it really matters. The church often does not represent resurrection breaking through. The church often is trying to figure out how it can just get by, how it can just think a certain way, and just stay focused on a resurrection we're headed to, not a resurrection that's coming right now. And that has been to a severe detriment of ours. I hate that the church fights all the time about something called a social gospel. Oh, I saw that a church somewhere really focused on helping people in their city. That's social gospel stuff. There's no title between social gospel and gospel. The gospel is a social thing. It affects the people around you. And if it doesn't affect the people around you in a beneficial, positive way, then it's not gospel. It's not resurrection. The resurrection is not focused on you alone, and that's all that matters. The resurrection is focused on the entirety of the holistic healing of heaven and earth and humanity. So let's truly be a church that looks to serve. Let's truly be a church that, that wants to impact, that wants to care for people, that wants our lives to be changed, that wants to try to strive to live perfectly, not out of this, like, oh, I just got to be it, but out of, out of the abundance of the Holy Spirit growing fruit in us that we get to a place where we no longer sin intentionally. It's a big step, but it's very Methodist. And it's something that I have seen, I think, in some people who would never claim to have that ability. Follow Jesus in all of the spaces to which he leads and see resurrection break through in all the places that you never expected. Where you live, where you work, where you play, and within you as well. One of the ways we'll be doing that, as Brian said in future weeks, is is through a, a dinner church night, just once a month. Starting right now, we've envisioned as a board kind of like a long game, maybe over the years, unveiling some more things into our Wednesday nights that really serve people, that really bring the resurrection to Jackson, so that it would be in Jackson as it is in heaven. That when God comes back and shakes the universe, 1208 and the things that we've done in this community would still be standing. That is a biblical portrait of resurrection. Some stuff continues on as God shakes it. Was it sturdy enough to exist? Everything else done away with. So Jesus, we come before you right now. We want to see resurrection break through in our lives. And there are some here right now who, 
who have had something that's just been bearing down on the weight of their souls for a long time. And it's hard to dream of, of the fruit of the Spirit or trying to live perfectly or a resurrection life because these other things have been so loud. Jesus, if any of that stuff is ready to go in this moment, we just send it to your feet right now that they would be free of that bondage. And if it needs work, that you would convict us so that we would grow in the direction of resurrection. God, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you want to do in our community. We've been praying into that, and that's Sunday's prayer. Spirit, show us how to impact our community. So would you break through in our minds, break through in our lives, that our church would be gospel. The fullness and holisticness of what the gospel is. Not just a frame of mind, but through action. We recognize if we just live a life that says resurrection is real and that's all that matters, we miss all of your teaching about why it matters right now and not just later. So teach us, grow us, make us perfect. And may we see the fruit of Lent as we now come to a close of that season. May we see the fruit of our prayers and our fasting, our pain and our joy all come to the fruition as we look forward to Pentecost. Holy Spirit, fill us up with new gifts to reach new people. If anyone in here is dealing with dementia in the family, I pray healing for that. Um, as well as vertigo. God, bring us the healing that uh, we all need in our own lives with resurrection right now. We thank you. We love you. And we're excited as we get ready to practice the resurrection community here as we get ready for potluck, eating between our church and our sister church, between different communities, different races, different languages. May that to us today be a glimpse of the resurrection life with every tribe, language, and tongue, every church in existence, in its presence, in your presence. May we experience your family today. In Jesus' name, amen.